It is time now for our weekly advertising feature with Jonathan Cherry from Cherry Flavor Media talking the latest from the world of advertising with Jonathan Cherry. Good morning, Jonathan. Morning, Saskia. Great to chat to you. Lovely to chat to you too. And it's a subject uh, that's a favorite of mine, the future of retail, what that could look like. We know there's a lot of innovation uh, in that space. We know of our very own egg as well, which is innovating in terms of how retail comes to uh, to the people. Um, what can you tell us about what the future of retail might be looking like? Yeah, so as you say, Satka, I think there's a lot of innovation in the space and the pandemic has really accelerated that innovation and the adoption of that innovation uh, by big retailers around the world. I think it's one of those categories that if you were selling uh, luxury fashion for specifically for people that go out to events in the last year, you would have had a lot of uh, you'd have a lot of problems because people weren't going out, and you know that that category of retail really suffered. Uh, but things are changing, and as the pandemic starts to recede, uh, there's quite a lot of excitement as to what the future of retail might look like. And many pundits kind of said. Well, physical brick-and-mortar retail has seen the, the end of its days. Uh, that is not necessarily the case. Mm. I think what is going to happen is that people haven't been into physical stores for so long that they just can't wait to go back in. Uh, they can't wait to go to events. They can't wait to uh, find new items that they can uh, wear in, in the public domain when social distancing disappears. But the really exciting things uh, revolve around the digitization of retail. Mm. Uh, before, you know, retail made use of loyalty programs, which by the standards of where the, the innovation and the technology is going are pretty crude. Um, I think the way that uh, retail is starting to look at the opportunity of really understanding who their customers are and almost anticipating what their needs might be. And if you just think about the efficiency of that, if you can predict what your customers' needs are going to be, then you can buy stock uh, before those people come to your store to come and buy those things. So you can anticipate what the demand will be and you can supply into that demand. So there's a lot of innovation Mm. in that space. Or even just, uh, you know, making sure that your supply chain can be responsive, you know, in terms of turnaround times. There's so much, um, you know, in terms of how people are consuming products that they really are dictating a lot more in terms of, you know, how they want to see retailers show up and and therefore the supply chains are going to need to also innovate. Yeah, 100%. And I think brands like H&M and Zara have done a really good job at innovating those kind of fast fashion supply chains. I think, as you say, it's not just the bigger brands like those that are going to be able to make use of those. Mm -hmm. I think the technology is becoming so cheap and so accessible that uh, more and more retailers are going to be able to do something similar. So, yes, it is about fast fashion, but it's also about predictive fashion, which is quite interesting. Mm. The other thing that I think is quite fascinating that I kind of wonder if it's going to work in South Africa because we have unique uh, circumstances here. Uh, But especially in Europe, there's the rise of what they're calling nano stores. Uh, And nano stores are really what look like a giant vending machine, but it's in a shipping container. And it's a convenience store that are in high-density areas like train stations or at airports. 
And what you'll do is you'll become a registered user of that nano store. You'll use your cell phone to access the store. There are no staff in the store. So you walk in, take the items that you want, and then uh, the technology allows you to pay for those items without a cashier being present. So what it allows retail to do is to not necessarily be fixed in, a, in an environment where they pay rent. They can literally go and put convenience where people are. And I think that's such an, uh, an interesting idea. Um, and as I say, I don't know what the practicalities are of that in South Africa. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's an innovation that um, is going to become more and more prevalent. It'll be interesting to see how the bigger retailers tackle it uh, mm. and apply that into the context of, of uh, the South African market. And then the big property people who own all these bricks and mortar stores that the, the retailers are going into, the malls. The, you know, it's really going to be interesting to watch the space. Yeah, because I think, um, you know, the 90s, they were talking about uh, retail and entertainment joining forces. And I think South African malls are very good at creating that experience, that shoppertainment kind of experience. Mm. But as you say, if there's so many options as to how retail can innovate their route to market, then what is the function of a physical store? What is that brick and mortar meant to do? And for me, it's really about uh, the experience of it. How do you give people an interesting experience where they want to spend time and they want to discover the range that you have? So again, it's going to take some creative thinking to really optimize that experience and make it something that people are compelled to go and explore. Very, very exciting. Your next topic that you wanted to talk about is about International 420 Day, which I Mm. just discovered this year. I mean, I don't know which brick I was living under. But you're saying, could this be the next Black Friday for brands? First, just take it one step back, please, Jonathan. What is International 420 Day? Yeah, so this is a very interesting topic, which I suspect is going to become more popular into the future. Now, 420, as you say, if you've been living under a rock, I myself only discovered this a couple of years ago. 420 is slang for uh, the enjoyment of a cannabis cigarette. So if you enjoy smoking cannabis, it's, uh, it's code for that is what you enjoy doing. Right. Now, 420 in America is the, 4th of, uh, is the 20th of April, which was last week, Tuesday. And the, the 20th of April is fast becoming an international day where people celebrate the enjoyment of cannabis products. Mm. Uh, and because cannabis is becoming legalized in many places around the world, people are now publicly acknowledging that they smoke cannabis. Mm. And brands are starting to see this International 420 Day, being the 20th of April, as an opportunity to invite cannabis smokers to their offering. Uh-huh. Now, understandably, it's still new. Uh, most of the brands that are involved are American brands that sell fast food. So I think Krispy Kreme had a 420 deal. McDonald's had a 420 deal because understandably after you've enjoyed your 420, you probably feel a little bit hungry. Uh, But the interesting thing that I found is that brands like Nike are also getting involved, not necessarily in an explicit kind of way, but they're launching uh, they're launching ranges on the 20th of April, which subtly kind of indicate that it's specifically targeted at a 420 Mm. kind of market. So is this the new Black Friday? Mm, I don't know. I think you're going to have to be quite a bold brand to go out there and say, listen, you're quite open to alternative mm. lifestyles and you're quite open to marketing your products to to people who enjoy uh, things that only a few years ago were illegal.
Well, I just think the whole CBD, um, you know, as an additive, we've seen here in South Africa so many products come onto the market now um, that's got CBD in it. I think as we journey towards the fact that, you know, cannabis and hemp products is a viable economic um space to explore when mm. you're sitting in wanting to create jobs, wanting to create sustainable futures, sustainable materials. You know, we can't we can't ignore um, yeah. the contribution that cannabis and, and, and hemp can make. But I yeah. just I find it so fascinating when you say that brands are launching um they're launching products on this day. It really, for me, speaks to the fact that it is about a lifestyle that they're talking towards, right? Because I, I found out about it because I follow Snoop Dogg. And, of course, he's a, he's a, he's a big hip-hop artist. Right. And so yeah. there is and the whole… enjoyer. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's never been shy about hiding it, you know. But I mean, again, you know, when you think of hip hop, you think about the big sports brands. You think about the big, um, you know, even premium luxury brands. You look at people like Jay-Z, who now has launched his own premier um, marijuana line. Mm. So it really is an interesting space. It is, because it shows that culture is changing, mm. and as we evolve, I guess things that were taboo a couple of years ago are becoming mainstream. Um, and just between us, uh, I would say keep an eye on what happens in the alcohol industry, because alcohol, as we know, is a drug. And if you can replace alcohol with THC, which is another byproduct of cannabis, mm. uh, and you put it in a drink, there is a lot of innovation in that space. Amazing. So look out for that as well, is that it's not just about cannabis, it's about the byproducts yes. then infiltrating into other products, yes. which is innovation. Um, but yes, I think it opens up a whole lot of new economic opportunity for businesses that are uh, innovating in that space. And then lastly, you wanted to chat about a TV, your pick of the week? Yeah, so uh, Saskia, this is a little bit different. It's my pick of the week because I want to talk about the Oscars really quickly. Um, The Oscars as a TV bonanza pretty much died this year. Apparently only nine and a half million Americans watched the Oscars, which is pretty much 60% less than last year. The movie industry itself seems to be really going through a transition where the business model doesn't necessarily work anymore. Uh, And people are just moving away from the Oscars. But get this. A 30-second spot during the Oscars ceremony cost $2 million, and they sold out. So advertisers are still clamoring to get involved, to put their ads in the Oscar ceremony. They still want to be part of it, uh, even though the ratings of the Oscars has fallen uh, terribly in the last couple of years. But I think that speaks to the uh, the destruction of the TV industrial complex. Yep. No longer can you just buy media. So audiences are being dispersed. And nowadays, even the Oscars with low ratings is still a viable advertising product for advertisers. So my pick of the week, this is an interesting change that I Mm. I wonder how that future is going to roll out. Well, always a fascinating discussion, and I'm so glad I could be a part of it this time around instead of always listening in. Uh, Jonathan Singh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, that's good. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful Freedom Day. That, of course, Jonathan Cherry, which brings us to the end.